every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this start grow. Come on around back, Arizona. It is Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, the outdoor living hour here at Rosie on the House. Saturday morning tradition since 1988 for the great state of Arizona. And generally, in this third Saturday of the month, we have Jay Harper in studio with us. But he's taking a little summer vacation with the family, well-deserved. So we've got a great lineup of various guests joining us throughout the hour, covering a wide variety of topics. And I... I'm going to turn over the conversation to Jennifer because I'm very envious, but I have not made it out there yet. But since you've been there and have seen it, I'll let you take it and tell everybody about this uh, agrotopia. Well, just a, a little backstory. I was thinking, you know, what could we talk about that would be interesting for our lis- listeners this time of year? It's hot. Everybody's garden is probably pretty much asleep. A lot of the farmers, especially the agritourism places, are closed and just, <laughs> ran, you know, taking a little rest, but also gearing up for the fall. So they're busy and but not necessarily engaged with the public. So I texted my good friend, Julie Murphy, at the Arizona Farm Bureau. I said, hey, if you wanted to talk about agritourism uh, or agritainment, who would you call? And she said, call Kelly Saxer. She's my fave. Oh, I shouldn't have said that out loud. But, um, so I did call Kelly and she was she is the head farmer at Agritopia Farm in Gilbert. So we have her with us this morning. Good morning, Miss Kelly. How are you? Hi, good morning. Thank you. Thanks you for are, having me. You are busy this morning, huh? We are. We're at the Gilbert Farmer's Market right now, actually. I stepped away to, to talk to you guys for a bit. Well, we appreciate it. I really busted in on your Friday, which I know is probably like your one of your busiest days of the week. And um, uh, I was honored. <laughs> we are, too. So I, I decided to sneak down since I, Rosie and I had driven through Agritopia one time, a couple, like maybe last year, coming home from somewhere. And I thought... The, the rodeo in Queen Oh, we had gone down to see the kids' rodeo, <laughs> and I was in awe. So um, I thought, well, I'll go down while everything's open, because even though it is summer, you still have a lot going on down there. And um, so I, I stopped and ate at the little coffee shop. I shopped, I really shopped at the farmer's <laughs> store and uh, just had a really good time. So I just kind of wanted to, if, no, if someone has not been down there, Kelly, I wanted us to paint a picture of what it's like to go down there. I had, um, Rosie was driving last time so I put it on my map my Google map you know and, and I'm driving and I got to Ray and Higley and I thought this isn't it this is just, this is just like shopping this is like same old same old and I took a right and then I took another right and lo and behold there's this wonderful place called Agritopia so tell yeah. t- tell um, the listeners kind of what they would find if they were to take that last right hand turn and turn into Agritopia yeah, well, Agritopia is uh, an old family farm. Uh, the Johnson family had farmed it for quite a long time. And then about 25 years or so ago, they um, developed it kind of their way into an agri-hood is what we call it. And um, there's some housing in there, but we've also got an 11-acre certified organic commercial farm where we're still farming. We've got several restaurants in there, um, Joe's Farm Girl, the coffee shop that you tried. Um, there's a nice vegan restaurant called Uprooted Kitchen in there and, and several others. We've got some nice shopping. Um, we've got our farm store, which has not only our produce, which you can't beat, but um, also has some curated items from other local vendors like the Olive Mill and uh, a few other places in town. Oh, I got a train coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, authentic, but, very authentic. We, 
but uh, but we grow year round, so we're we're busy all year, even in the summertime. So you can come into the farm store and still get a nice selection of local produce. Um, well, I know that yeah. to, to the current generation, connection is very important. And when you look at uh, the website and the history of Agri- Agritopia, that you like you described, it was the Johnson family farm, and they saw you know, community, they saw building coming up around them and they wanted to preserve that. So it's kind of this idea of having, like you said, a hood. You know, you've got got these beautiful homes with front porches and the streets are lined with trees. I mean, you're just like stepping back in time. There's people outside visiting. There's not a lot of barriers to get to your neighbor, a lot of shade to keep you comfortable. And then um, there's also um, everything from senior living they also just built the epicenter which is going to be apartment living so you'll be able right. to live in that community just on that on that what is that total corner is that total corner it must be it feels like a block yeah ray and higley uh-huh yeah um you know you, you could do do just about everything you needed right there you could step out and get your groceries step out and have a little bite to eat step out and visit with your neighbors take a kid to school visit your um elderly parents i mean it's just it's an amazing little community yeah, it's a, it's a nice neighborhood. And then you, you still get that agricultural feel. So our, our farmland, our 11 acres of farmland, it sits in a farmland trust so that um, the family wants to ensure that it would be farmed always. So it'll always be a, a farm in there. So it's a, you can walk, there's some pathways that kind of go on the outsides of the fields and you can walk through and watch us work, see what's growing and then visit some of our other, other things. Now, Kelly, uh, as an 11 acre farm, how many different food crops can y'all produce on 11 acres? Yeah, quite a few. We do about 80 different varieties throughout the year. Wow. So we've, we've got a, um, a seven-acre orchard that has a lot of citrus, peaches, blackberries, um, apples, and the jewel date palms. And then we've got about four acres of row crops. And within that, throughout the year, about 80 different things between lettuces and um, cabbages and cauliflowers and broccolis and and then all of our summer stuff, cucumbers, tomatoes. So we get a, we get quite a bit out of a small amount of land. Are most of your customers um, uh, like retail homeowner kind of um, individuals, or is it more of a restaurant supply that you grow for? It's a little, yeah, it's a nice mix actually. We have a farm box program which um, allows families that want a weekly box to purchase that, and then they'll get about seven or eight different items from the farm. Um, so that's kind of our retail component. They can pick that box up every week at the farm, or we've got a location in Tempe at the Great Harvest Bread Company at Warner and McClintock, and then also at Bergie's Coffee Shop on Gilbert Road. So we've got a few different uh, locations to pick up a retail box. You can also come to the farmer's market and pick up produce. You can go to our cute little farm store at the farm. And then we also are a member of a co-op called the Sun Produce Co-op, and um, they purchase uh, produce from all sorts of small farms around the valley and then distribute it to other restaurants and things that want to use local produce. Well, um, and that farm box yeah. program is really um, cool for a family. You would, go, yeah. I guess they would go online first and sign up for what they wanted that week. It's not a long-term commitment. If you want a box this week, you can sign up for a box this week. Is that right? Right. right. We have a couple options. You can go on agritopiafarm.com and you can build a custom box. We've got an inventory of everything growing and you can pick and choose what you'd like. Or you can choose what we call our farm box, which is seven or eight things that we kind of choose based on what's in season and growing at the farm. And you can either choose to do a recurring 
a recurring thing where you'll get a box every week, or you can just do a one-time sampler and give it a try. And we have uh, two sizes. We have kind of a smaller size for one or two people, and then we have a family size that's or a large size that's double that for maybe a family. And also good to split with a neighbor if you want to give it a try with a friend. I stepped into the shop yesterday and um, went straight to the produce. I bought a basket <laughs> of the most amazing red tomatoes. They we were them, gorgeous. We had them for dinner last night, and they it reminded me of my grandpa's tomatoes. They were juicy. They tasted like tomato. They were gorgeous. Uh, yeah, you can't beat them. Field, field grown. Yeah. And that little shop, who's, who's uh, is, is that the Agritopia's shop, or is that a separate little entity? I know it's, it's Agritopia Farms shop. We have a, a real nice lady, Taylor, who curates the shop for us. And so not only does it have our produce, but she curates lots of really neat things from, uh, like I said, other local vendors and other things that kind of go along with our with our theme. She has a nice job. Well, she's it's, a it's fantastic. Yeah, she's a yeah, fantastic she's buyer. Been, you can go in there every every week and it's a little bit different each week. She does a great job. I heard someone walk in and, and she was greeted and she goes, I was just seeing what the new things were this week, you know. Yeah. Um, but I found plenty. I found all kinds of gifts. I found things I wanted for my kitchen. She has a nice little selection of um, kind of sustainable things for your kitchen if you want if you're trying to get away from foils and Saran wrap and all that kind of stuff. Some great silicone and beeswax products for preserving food. She had great gifts for children. She had great (laughs) um, food like from the olive mill and different things like that local. Um, So it was, I had a fantastic time. I've I've got a question on the farm box. Mm -hmm. Now, when I go online and I complete the order, Kelly, uh, y'all don't ship that. At that point, you're going to set it aside. I'm going to do a drive through and pick up, Correct. Right. We don't ship it per se, like through the yeah. mail, but you can choose a couple of different pickup locations. You can choose to come oh. to the farm on the designated days and pick it up. Or if you live closer to, say, uh, Warner and McClintock in Tempe, we've got a pickup location there you can pick up. Or um, at Bergie's Coffee Shop on Gilbert Road in got downtown. Okay. So there's a few, a few options. And then we do offer some home delivery for the kind of couple mile radius that's around the farm. And then as far as what the produce is in there, you don't get to choose that. It's whatever's in season and ready to go. And so I was looking at... You can do either. Oh, you can. Yeah, Yeah, we we have the farm box and then we have another option to build a custom box. And from that, you can just go through the inventory of things that we have in season, of course, and and build a box that you want specifically. So you could do either. What's your list right right now? Uh, right now, we've got lots of cucumbers. We've got slicers, pickling cucumbers, Armenian cucumbers. We've got our, our tomatoes, cherry and slicing cucumbers. We've got some really nice San Marzanos. Um, we still have lots of okra, eggplant, lots of different kinds of peppers, um, spaghetti squash, butternut squash, zucchini, lots of things to choose from. Watermelons, you know, can't ooh, forget those. Yeah. Even, even at the price of gas, <laughs> we, we can drive from our home. Get to Agritopia, buy tomatoes, and they'll be cheaper than the ones I raise in my own yard. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny when you calculate the cost of raising your own uh, single tomato plant. (laughs) That's so true. And they they aren't near as pretty as the ones you brought home yesterday, I'll tell you that. Uh Thanks. (laughs) Well, the hardest part about doing the radio broadcast is missing all the cool um, farmer's markets. I'm a farmer's market junkie, and I just knowing you guys are all down there this morning. So tell everybody where you are this morning if they want. To come find you. Yeah, we're at the Gilbert Farmers Market, which is an awesome market. It runs year round. Our summer hours are 7 a.m. to 11. So get here early. Um, and people start shopping about a little before 7. So it's kind of a mad rush for about 
7 to 9.30 or 10 until it warms up. But we've got uh, five or six different farmers here. Um, there's probably a total of about 70 or 80 vendors in total, but there's a nice selection of produce and lots of other things. It's a, it's a great market. And it is on Gilbert Road, just north of Elliott. Great. Every Saturday. And everybody can find you on agritopia.com. And I also threw it up on our Facebook page this morning, a couple of pictures. Agritopiafarm.com. Okay, good. Thank you for the mm-hmm. correction. Agritopiafarm.com. Yeah. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. It might be just a little bit warm out there, but hey, don't worry. It's only 68 more days until autumn. I don't count on anything until Halloween, Romy. October 31st is my day to say, okay, it's time. It's I try, time. I try to be very patient until then. It's always funny. We talk about it every year, but going into the summer, as the days start to warm up and it's like 90, like, ah, oh, 95, ah, oh, 100, ah. Oh. And then going into the fall, you're like, 95, ah, 90, ah, 85, ah. Right direction, yeah. It depends on which way you're going, up or down. Uh, I always see people running out early in the morning, and I think, oh, gosh. And I look at the, it's already 93. It's, it's still not a refreshing time to go running, for sure. Hey, Romy, I really enjoyed that interview with Kelly Saxer. She's the head farmer over at the Agritopia Farms. And it is a one, I had so much fun yesterday, I just didn't really want to come home. I just, I could have eaten at each restaurant restaurant and shop some more. I would like to be a regular visitor. They even have uh, beer and wine kind of little venues there. They're separate in an ice cream, uh, little ice cream shop there. A couple you, artisans I mean, on, you top drive, on site. You drive the subdivision and American flags out on the front porches. The oh, whole yeah. subdivision mm-hmm. is designed around pushing people to the front yard. Yeah. Uh, shade trees. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it feels like you're walking through the heart of America 70 years ago. Yeah, just going down there for a drive is, is just great. a fun destination. But I wanted to, uh, you know, there are other uh, ways to support our farmers during the summer. Not everybody's open, like I said. So, mm-hmm. And as great as it is, that's not the only agritainment type venue. That's true. <clears throat> that's true. So um, I do have some breaking news about one of them. <laughs> So Mortimer Farms used to be, if you've been here a long time, used to be Young's Farm up in Dewey. Um, I looked online to see if their corn was out because they are just famous for their sweet corn. It's just, it is worth a drive to go pick up your corn. Um, So I emailed, uh, is it Sharla Mortimer, to see uh, when the corn comes out. And she emailed me back. And do you know what? It comes out next weekend, so they'll be harvesting this week. So I would highly suggest calling. They do have a hotline you can call and see, but everybody's waiting on that corn, and it is close to being ready. They're getting ready to harvest it this week. And if you go up there, they also have a wonderful shop. They have meats. They have chicken. They have bakery stuff. They have a deli. They have. You can spend a day there as well, and they have you picks during the year. It's just a good thing to follow on Facebook or, or just um, give them a call and hear their hotline, what they got going on. They also have venues, so if you're looking for a, a kind of a neat, unique place to get married or hold an event, they have venues, so that's another good one. And the corn maze will be out soon, I'm sure. If if the corn is ready, they've got they've got to have a corn maze up. You know, I have never done the corn maze. I've done the pumpkins. The pumpkin p- patches are always always fun. So anyway, that's that's worth a, a day trip. Just a good way to cool off a little bit and go up north and have have a destination, a little destination shopping. Um, but go ahead. Going north on 17, you turn off 
Highway 69 like you're going to Prescott, <clears throat> and it's on the right-hand side as you get into Dewey. You can't. No, it's past Dewey. It's close to Prescott Valley, just before you hit the, the Outer Loop Road. But it's on the right-hand side. You can't miss it. Yeah, they always have signs out, and you just look out in this big, vast field right out to the right with little kind of neat little old buildings. You can, you know, walk around and do stuff. They always have stuff for the kids. Um, so those two that I know are open. If you have ones that you know are open, text us at 411-923. Tell us what, what you're supporting this time of year for your farmers. And um, as far as community-supported agriculture, a couple of years ago we did an uh, interview with Julie Murphy about um, the CSAs. And you can find ones in your area by going to fillyourplate.org if you're interested. But what you do is you have a partnership basically with your local farmer. So you commit to buying their produce um, ahead of time and that helps them. And then, then you get this wonderful fresh uh, vegetables and you don't always get to pick. Well, actually you don't, most of them, you don't get to pick what you get. It's just whatever's in season, you pick up your box and however many shares that helps them to plan. It's just a great way to participate uh, in, in our local farms. So um, you can find that information uh, on our website and also on Facebook. And the Southeast Valley has a lot. You know, we've been talking about Agritopia, but I mean, that's where Schnupp Farms is in the Southeast Valley. It's where the olive mill is right next to it. Uh, that area, just the, the as housing grew up around the farming, they re did a really good job developing those uh, what they call now agritainment, you know, the combination of agriculture and entertainment. It's so cool because, you know, with children or, or grandchildren, there's a lot of kids who are very disconnected from that part of life, that back to the earth kind of thing where you're growing things. And, hey, that's where my food comes from. So it's, it's just a great, they all, all have uh, field trips and educational things as well. A long time ago, when the kids were young and the CSA was new, uh, you remember experimenting with it and trying it? One of the things I liked that it did is things in the box I didn't even know what they were and uh, it kind of expanded your palate mm -hmm. and, and, and got you kind of testing and exploring other things I, I liked it I, we, I had fun when those boxes would show up you know what? Swiss chard was something I never tried before, but when you turn it into a veggie taco, it's outstanding. Okay. All right. So anybody got Swiss chard, I'm in. All right. There you go for a veggie taco. And as you look through these different farms, they often have, as, as Agritopia does, different places to pick up. So I found one that's close to us. I'm going to sign up and get started again. Very good. And then for the West Valley out in Buckeye, you've got a couple different places out there as well. You just go to fillyourplate.org and search for Farmer's Market. When we get back, I'd like to talk a little bit about midsummer lawn care. Uh, a lot of gray spots, brown stress, spots, lots a lot of, of spurge. A uh, few tricks on midsummer pre-monsoon turf care when we get back. Well, it should be a good time to be in the Arizona mountains today. Oh, yeah. Was there last week. Everything east of Springerville looks like the rolling hills of Ireland. Nice and green. Oh, it's gorgeous. They're, uh, that eastern Greenlee, Apache County, they're getting rain every day. 
Very good. It's gorgeous. Take it all. It's Take gorgeous. every drop we can all, get. All the lakes are low. Every, every, <laughs> all the waters is low, but it's it's getting it's greened up real pretty right now, I'll tell you. Well, for this segment with Jay Harper out for a little family vacation this week, we've got Ray Lopez joining us talking, speaking of green, on your lawn and what you need to be doing at this time of year if you have a summer lawn, and uh, along with pre-emergent, because with the rains, there's hundreds of millions of billions of seeds sitting out there on the floor, uh, most of which are plants that uh, we don't want to grow or try and suppress. And we're talking about keeping those under control. Mr. Ray Lopez, Scottsdale Weed Lawn Care. Good morning, sir. Oh, do I? Right? Romy? Hey, how you are? How are you guys doing this morning? Very well. And yourself? I'm, I'm up. Oh, up in Whispering Pines, doing a beautiful, gorgeous morning. So, um, anyway, yeah, let's get to talking about the turf management and what we on. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to work this time. We've got a horrible connection. It sounds like Whispering Pines doesn't have their uh, G5 service quite up and open yet. But <laughs> if uh, if you do have a Bermuda grass lawn this time of year, what we want to be looking at is, well, if you've got brown spots, it's probably from a dog. More often than not, it is <laughs> a female be. dog. Uh, and you can counteract that by putting tomato juice in their food to eat. I don't know how, where, or why, but that's how it works. Uh, you can add a little tomato juice to their food, and that will keep those brown spots from occurring. Um, other areas, if you've got an inconsistency and in greenness across your lawn, it has to do more, more often than not with how your sprinkler heads are working. So if you put out tuna fish cans throughout the yard and turn on your sprinklers. Empty tuna fish can. Empty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cover those details. <laughs> and, and, to, and what you're trying to do is collect water. See, see how many different areas uh, is getting properly watered. And what you'll most likely find is those areas that may not be as green are... Uh, areas that the, the sprinkler heads just aren't covering. Uh, and it could be, an, for a number of factors, uh, the design of the sprinkler system. There's only so much water pressure that is delivering to your system, and there's only so many sprinkler heads that uh, a station can handle. So a lot of times you may, not ha you may end up with more sprinkler heads on one system than the water pressure can act properly distribute the water or a little, you know peb what? a little pebble gets stuck and so one sprayer is missing part of its fan width speaking of missing i think we've found ray ray you there i'm here yeah how, how are you guys doing <laughs> good good okay everybody doing good right everybody doing good you sound good good connection oh yeah i'm in i'm in rudolph's uh have to give a shout out to rudolph and uh, Paula, my mother and father-in-law up here in Whispering Pines, who are letting us stay at their beautiful house, and wife and kids, and oh, you can't miss the elk bugling in the morning. Oh, amen. <laughs> well, what are you dealing with in um, uh, uh, turf care down in the valley for all your clients right now? What are the issues you're seeing right now? Point one, two, three, four. Well, uh, what are you tackling? 
Uh, sometimes I've got some fungus in the lawns. I've got a lot of spurge, nuts, edges coming up everywhere on the ones we've been managing. So if you don't have nuts, Ed, you're a lucky customer. Crabgrass is another one, very hard to control. So pre-emergent would be your best bet on crabgrass, spurge, uh, bird clover, things like that. And I would always say the best lawn is one you do not have the chemistry. It's turf management in IPO. So what we want to do is we want a grass that's really strong and healthy that'll control weed itself. However, just with all the, I think Romy was talking about the millions of weed seeds that are either blowing in from the monsoons or birds. It's going to, you're going to have some weeds here now. So we do do a management on the lawns and if we do a fertilization program, insecticide, fungicide, whatever, we do incorporate a pre and post emergent into it just to keep a healthy, manageable lawn. And prevention is one ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I would rather go into a lawn that doesn't have a lot of weed activity and prevent the future weeds from coming than take on a lawn. And, and Rosie, on some of the lawns we've walked into, I've there was one in Scottsdale just recently, and I just told the customer, I said he had every, he didn't have any grass, and so I said the best thing to do is to to kill off everything and then resod, and uh, so we gave him a price to do that, and we're still working on that one. But there there was, I would say four or five percent Bermuda grass. The rest. He had bought. He had recently bought the house, and they just let it go, and so all that were growing were weeds. So, in in retrospect, going back to, if they would have been managing that, it would have been a beautiful lawn. So now he has to. It's going to cost more to do the resodding, but they can have a beautiful lawn overnight. Kill it off, come in, take it out, put a new sod down, and and then we could manage it from there. So. Uh, the best, the four things that are crucial, and then watering. I heard you talk about watering. If you you should have an irrigation tech come out and make sure you're getting the the right amount of water at each area, especially if you have a little hill, it's going to start flowing off. So maybe we need to water twice instead of once, and stop that runoff, and get that water to go down. Does that make any sense or? No, it makes perfect sense if you are got a grade, a slope, and yeah. you're watering it twice, shorter periods of time, but you're doing it twice to allow the water to soak in instead of just accumulating on top and running off. Our clays do absorb a lot of water, but there's only so much they can absorb at any given time. So by spreading that out, you're allowing the water to soak into the roots and then hitting it again. So yeah. when I put when I put the tuna cans out there, how much water should should that lawn be getting in a week? Oh, that's a that's a sixty four thousand dollar question. <laughs> One, because every soil is different. If you have a sandy loam soil, if we have a clay soil, we have you, you need to. So that's why I always I refer people to an irrigation tech. Say, listen. They'll take a sample of your soil, get out there. They know what 
your best amount is. We want the water to go down to get the salts out. That's, that's what we're, we're looking for. We're going to just go, uh, you've seen the Arcadia, how they do the irrigation from the canal? Sure. And they water, I think, every two weeks. I've got Bermuda lawns. We treat over there. They only water the green grass every, uh, every two weeks in the summer. And I think in the winter, they do it once a month. So they still have Bermuda lawns. It's because they're getting a four-inch. They're getting a lot of water to going down and getting the, uh, the water down. The problem is in Arcadia, we have a lot of weeds because everybody <laughs> yeah. else, the seeds are flowing down from 16 neighbors and the nuts edge and things like that. So we have some nice lawns in there, but they're, yeah. They, so that's, that's a hard question to answer on how much water each lawn is to get because you do have to see what type of soil you have once you once you understand the type then you can go ahead and calculate the water on there but i would say if you're watering three times a week maybe uh, if you have the heads calibrated correctly from a professional installer and you're getting decent water pressure oh five eight minutes a station three times a week and that's on a that's on a good calibrated lawn. I, I've seen some where they spread a valve and they put eight eight heads on it when it should only have four. And Ray, I've seen some with go ahead with with uh, uh, with a good lawn. Uh, your winter lawn is now done. The warm weather tiff has filled in. It's good. It's healthy. It's green. How, how often should a homeowner kind of hit that through the summer with a little uh, fertilizer enhancer? I always ask my customers, because we do liquid fertilizer. We don't do the granule anymore. The granule is up to the landscaper, and I would say just get a nice, good turf oil and Less fertilizer, more frequent. So about once a month. Okay. Just put a put a you know, I think it's around three to four pounds per thousand square feet. Not very much, and it is a slow release fertilizer that you're getting with the turf oils. The liquid fertilizer that we're incorporating. So when we treat a lawn, we incorporate a lot of different things into the application put it down, and one of them is biofeeds, uh, NPKs, trace elements, vitamins, uh, the B1. It helps unbelievably with the other materials we're using, the pre- and post-emergent. And people are wondering why we're using fertilizer with a pre-emergent. Um, we're doing it just for the overall health, like the doctor would give you a B1 shot if you come in for a cold or something. You can't do anything for the cold, the virus. But it'll give you a B1 shot just to help you with your immune system. And I'm not saying I'm a doctor. I'm just saying this is what we would do for, from studying uh, lawns and plants for 30 years. This is the best method I have found, and it works very, very well. A lot of guys don't do it because they, if you don't know what you're doing and the proper rates, you, you know, you could do damage. So, you just, everything has to be done really carefully. You have to measure, calibrate, and it's not for the weak of heart. So a lot of guys just, they won't do it. It's, it's just not for them. So anyway, it's, uh, it works 
<laughs> and what was your question? I forgot. I, I stayed up really late to watch a lightning storm last night that was out of this world. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we could see it from it, Rosie, Romy, you should. We have a drone video of it because it was it was a, a probably in young area, but not to get off the subject, but my goodness. Well, and. That lightning uh, releases a lot of great <laughs> elements yeah. into the atmosphere Nitrogen. Nitrogen. that uh, are great for you know our, our environment. And there was an incredible one. We were watching a, uh, a good lightning show to the southeast of us last night, too. It looked like it was over Waddell and Luke Air Force Base. I mean, it, it, it was lighting up the sky, and it was miles and miles away. So great time of year to be in Arizona. The Touches of monsoons hitting different pockets. I, we haven't had much. In our neighborhood, yet, yeah, but boy, several several headlines of roads closed and uh, several videos I've seen of some good downpours. No one necessarily looks forward to the heat, but that heat does draw the moisture in out of the Gulf, and that's what brings in our rain. So, you know, if, if that's what we got to live through to get the rains and the great lightning shows, then, you know, that's just part of being in Arizona. Compliments of our flagship station, KTAR, their sister station, uh, Arizona Sports, has given us a set of Diamondback tickets that we are giving away. It is for the 22nd as we host the Washington Nationals. If you'd like a set of tickets, you can text DBACs to 411923. And at top of the hour, we'll randomly select a texter and we'll, they're all digital. So then we'll, you know, get in contact, get your email. Send them to you, and you can click your email, accept the tickets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, don't wait till the last minute. <laughs> if you've never done it before, it takes a few minutes to set up. But once you've done it, it's really slick. So D-backs to, text D-backs to 411-923, and we'll pick that winner here, top of the hour news break. We had a texture call in talking about how they solve their crab grass uh, and they did it by installing artificial turf. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that's smart. Which is also something Ray does, who was our guest in the last segment. Uh, they do that conversion. If you've got a lawn and you're deciding that you want to get rid of it, the best thing you can do is water extra heavy to get it growing very vigorously. The more vigorously it grows, the better it absorbs whatever application of uh, killing chemical that you apply to it to kill it down to its roots. Bermuda is extremely aggressive, extremely hard to kill off, and the healthier you can get it, the easier it is you can kill it. Now, I've heard you say that before, but we, as Rosie's told you, we just killed a thousand square feet of grass so we could save the water. It has been quite the project. So it's not an easy thing to do to kill Bermuda. No. But once you've done that, you know, when we've thought about, we've been in that house 35 years and we've watered that lawn. The, the savings in time and water without that much grass is just going to be amazing. But in the meantime, it's a little intense. The whole time I was out there rototilling, 
I just thought of the thousands of dollars in the blood and the sweat and the tears I've spent in the last 30 years keeping that lawn pretty. Well, you did draw a little blood, too. I got a picture of that. <laughs> oh, man. It was like Roto tilling dollar bills into the dirt, man. <laughs> what I've done to keep this tip. But but it was worth it. it was just, just a little thing that I'm doing to feel like I'm doing my part. And what I'm encouraging all of you to do is save 10% on your water consumption. That's generally going to be done by focusing on how you're consuming it outside. So we'll, we're going to easily save 10% eliminating that. Once we recoup. <laughs> it, from getting rid of it. It's, it's, every, everything we're getting from the city on a rebate, it costs us to get rid of it, this but it's true. worth it. It's this worth it. And it's a great time during the summer to reevaluate your landscape and outdoor. How much... Uh, like you were talking, you know, you were working on your lawn for 30 years. Well, what are you going to do with that space now that it's gone and you've cut it out? Or, you know, are you looking out your window and you've got a lawn that you haven't been on or used or you're paying somebody to care and maintain that you're not even, uh, you know, going out there in the 115 degree weather? You know, it, it's a great time to look around, find other ideas, find alternatives. You know, there are a lot of great options that you can have. It doesn't have to go to a granite cover and make it a, a like a, a hot island. But I mean, underneath a couple mesquite canopies, you know, there's a lot of great things. You can go to the botanical gardens. Uh, Ev, uh, Boyce Thompson Arboretum is another great one. The Tucson's got a great uh, botanical garden and wildlife zoo. And just look around and find a alternatives to whatever it is that you're sitting out there looking out your uh, back door or front yard, whatever the case may be, that you're spending a, or using a lot of water to grow and maintain that there's plenty of good options that you can replace that with. And if you're interested in that, just start watching. You know, one good place to look is the medians of the highways and the major roadways. They'll plant in there things that are very um, sustainable. Also, some of the cities, like City of Scottsdale, has a, at their water uh, facility, has a wonderful walkthrough area with sustainable plants and kind of some ideas for growing with less water. And even some of the community colleges have done their campuses to accommodate that less water use. So great, great ideas if you just look around for ideas. Take pictures and then take those pictures to a local garden center and show them this is what I'm looking for. I hate to tell you, I, it's even easier than that. I just downloaded an app on my phone, and we had the best time in the, our last hike. I was taking pictures of everything. It takes a picture, and it tells you what it is. It's, it's right about 90% of the time. I was going to say, which <laughs> app is that? Because when that first came out, the first one I saw it was developed by Columbia University, and it didn't pick anything out of the desert it was completely <laughs> clueless and i never went you know to the midwest to try it out there but i'm like yeah this is they they haven't got the southwest plants uploaded to this well let me yet. let me give you an update on that next week because we were up in the mountains i took the pictures and i didn't have enough data to download so i will check in on that and tell you how accurate i got about probably about 15 pictures i'll tell you how accurate it was next week and what is that app, Leaf Drop? I don't remember. I'm sorry. It, it just has a little picture of a green flower. Yeah, <laughs> I think I it's Leaf Drop. Okay. So, all right, next hour is our 9 o'clock hour on the house hour. We spend the hour talking about something specific on your home, castle, or cabin. And we're talking uh, alternative energy generation this month at Rosie on the House. Uh, so we've got uh, a little bit of information about what to look for in 
solar salesman that you probably, you know, we've had three at our house in this Wowza. month. And we have a, a great guest today, too, at 9 o'clock. Jeff, 